We were about, we were about ready to key up the band, Jay. Uh, we're, we're about a half an hour late, which is on par. All right, it's the No Holds Barred with Jake and Ozzy, Ozzy and Jake. Jake Jacobson, Ozzy the Sports Junkie. Jake, how are you, my friend? On a midweek, well, late to midweek meltdown as we're going to recap the week that was, the week ahead, and uh, welcome in some cool air to Florida and... I don't know. What else are we going to talk about? You have any recipes or movie reviews? I actually, uh, I wrote down a few things, so I am semi-prepared today, but we are fortunate on this Noah Holds Barred show, with, uh, as Ozzy said, with Ozzy and Jake, that uh, the sports columnist for the Herald Tribune for like 75 years. Yeah, he covered actually the first round at Bobby Jones. It was won by Babe Ruth and Bobby Jones. Dougie Fernandez joins us in studio for a little bit before he does his next uh, article. And what will that be on, Mr. Fernandez? I, I am uh, I am honored to be joining Martin and Lewis here in the studio. Uh, my next article is coming out tomorrow because the high school playoffs start tomorrow. Oh, do they? Who's, gonna, who's looking good this year? I have not followed so high school ball. L- let me ask you this, Doug. What happened to Venice this year? I just got off the phone with uh, John, and I can't hear myself, but that's okay. I got no, you're, off, good. you're good. I got off the phone with John Peacock, who's the head coach. You know, Venice is heading into the postseason with a 5-4 and four record, and they have never had four losses heading into the playoffs before. They are very vulnerable, and I, I asked John Peacock, I can ask him anything. I said, He's, they're playing Lehigh tomorrow, and I said, uh, I said, if I'm the Lehigh coach, I'm going to be telling my players, Venice is vulnerable. Venice is beatable. Absolutely. And, and Peacock, Peacock agreed with me completely. Uh, they're not the same Venice team. Uh, so they're going to go into the game. Uh, they, they can't go into the game tight. Now, conversely, Lemon Bay Manta Rays have made the playoffs for the first time in about eight years. Uh, they are going to get hammered tomorrow night. I don't know who their opponent is. But they're on the other end. They should go in feeling nothing to lose. They should be totally relaxed. And uh, because no one expects them to win anyway. So you got Lemon Bay on one end and Venice, who everybody expects to win, who might come out tight tomorrow because they haven't been playing. They got destroyed by Manatee last week. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. Right. I mean, they've always, over the last X amount of years, they've owned Manatee. Jake, yeah. I know you run a tight schedule. When was the last time? Because Lori and I have been throwing I'm trying to get her to go down for a Friday I'm Night sure Lights. When was the last? <laughs> Shut up. When, when was the last, was the last time, time you went- I had sex? Uh, no. When was the last time you enjoyed a nice Friday night? That high- was that was quick. Right, we're quick. gonna cut your mic. If, if, I mean, you, you're gonna lose your radio and newspaper job on the same fucking day. When was the last time you went to a nice high school game with no interest other than just go watch kids play? Because it's so much fun. You know that. It's it's been a long time. I. I- I would say nine years. I might get out. That. It's been about five for me. My daughter was in Sarasota High School, and I'll tell you what, I'd have no problem at all going on on a Friday night. It's such a, it's I kind of like a minor league baseball game. The kids play their asses off. You always see a good game traditionally. You, you know, when Scotty and I were on the Whammer doing the Scott and Jake show, we used to have our high school Friday uh, show where we bring sure. a coach in and we would record the show, pro- of course, prior to the game. And, and during our show, we would play that interview, and then we'd go out occasionally. We'd do the game lives, and I loved it. I mean, we I remember covering Baraka Atkins and Dumica Atkins and players like that and so many more. As you know, Doug, so many great players coming out of this uh, out of this era. I loved it. I, I remember, look, A.J. Mc, AJ uh, McPherson. McPherson, I remember covering him and doing the games, not only uh, for, um, what do they do, Southeast, 
as a football player who can flick his wrist and throw the ball 70 yards. And they had such a powerful offense, great receivers and all that. But covering him as Mr. Football, but also winning Mr. Basketball in the same year, which has never been done, he was such a fin- I was sorry that he never played basketball at Florida State because he was such a wonderful player to well, watch. It's funny you should mention that, Jake, because we don't see those kind of players come through here anymore. And I don't know what the reason is. We, we don't have the talent level that we used to in this area. This area used to be very much deeper in football talent. I mean, we have the, you know, the, the, the Brian Batiste who's going on to USF and a few other people. But back in the day of McPherson. The Tommy Frazier's. Tommy Frazier, well, Adrian McPherson, sure. Mike Ford. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, but Luke. Mike Ford, who was a, you know, started us at what, a cornerback and ended up being a running back because he loved playing running back. I mean, he was a phenomenal player. I'm not sure why he couldn't go any further because he was highly recruited. Well, he was always it, in it, trouble. It was off the field. Yeah, yeah. he was you always know, in trouble. Yeah. But it, I would think about Marlon Mack, what a player he's become. Yeah. I mean, he's a stud in the NFL. Uh, uh, Sarasota has about uh, four or five, or well, the area, four or five players represented in the NFL. Don't forget Richie James, who's a return stud for the 49ers, who I saw play at Riverview High School. I called his games for, at Riverview. For two or three years. You have uh, the guy down in Venice, the lineman. How about Kareem Higdon? Where did he wind up? Yeah, the, I, mean, I mean, he was a phenomenal it, uh, running back from Michigan. He was what drafted. Happened? He was in the draft, well, wasn't he? no, he was a free agent signed by the Texans. Is he on their roster? He may be on their practice squad. That's a shock. If you if you told me Marlon Mack or Kareem Higdon, I would have taken Higdon by a mile. He well, played for Michigan. He was a superstar no, Michigan. Well, but, but Marlon Mack is he, one of these he's guys. He's a power back with speed. Uh, Mack is shifty. He's shifty, uh, he is. And, and Higdon's only about 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, Mack is like six feet that may make a difference what do i know you well know? speaking I mean, of high, high school and college right. athletes in florida the, the topic du jour the topic du jour obviously willie taggart gone at florida state and uh you had a, a chance to talk to him i know uh, you had a chance to write about him in last week's paper what's your take on the whole thing well how does he how does he rebound does he go back as an assistant coach does he try to get his gig back in college well, I, I don't think you'll see him be coaching a major college anytime soon. But, uh, you know, if anybody familiar with FSU knows that that program was kind of in disrepair, when Jimbo left, he sort of took his final year off. He knew he was going to A&M at that point, and I think he knew the program was, was going downhill. I think really took over a situation he wasn't expecting. Uh, there was a lot of division in the locker room, a very dysfunctional locker room. And uh, apparently on this team... Uh, you saw on his team what you see in a lot of uh, football nowadays. A, a team gets down by 14 points, and they just drop their heads, and they stop trying, and they don't, they don't realize there's still 50 minutes left of the game, and that's what the problem Taggart was facing. These guys would get down in the mouth when dealt with failure. They couldn't handle it. No, it, it, was, it has been really difficult to watch the last few yeah. years, and we know that, as you said, Jimbo Fisher just jumped ship. Texas A&M is a great program, great place to watch football games, 11th man or 12th man and all that. And, and, and but it's not Florida State. So let well, me ask you this. The money is better. Yeah, I mean, but let me ask you this. Because the NFL, you rely on the draft. Of course, in the college football, it's all about recruiting. Um, and in college football, it's you got to be out of high school for three years. So basically, you're keeping a guy three years, which is great. I love that idea. I do think people or players should have the ability, if they want to jump pro, to go to pro. They should have that. Not, not in the NFL, Jake. The 18-year-old kid would get destroyed uh, maybe, maybe by a 18, 26-year-old man. But a 20, yeah. You can do it in basketball. You can do it in hockey. You can't do it in the NFL. That's why they, they don't allow I get it. it. I get it. you got to get it. I get, I, it no, I get, I get that. But They'd be destroyed. As far as Taggart is concerned, 
I mean, he, after a year and a half, they let him go. So his recruits really never got a chance to play. How, I mean, he was at USF, reasonably successful. One year at uh, Oregon, goes seven and five, or for a good program there. What's his? So we we don't know how he recruited over there, but. What is his, you know, your knowledge of his ability to recruit? Well, that's because that's you don't you can be a good coach, but if you can get great players, you can become a very good coach. But the problem, well, the thing is, that's that's his strength. I mean, he is a great recruiter. He's able to go into a, a person's home and convince the mother and father that I'm going to take care of your kid, and he's going to get a good education, and he's going to have a play a good football team. He's very good at that. The the problem is. That uh, well, one of the problems is he didn't recruit a quarterback his two years at, at Florida State that they signed. They went after the quarterback, but they didn't bring in a quarterback his two years there. And in a college football, now you better have a guy who well can NFL play anywhere anywhere college leads to the NFL. But Willie Taggart, uh, I think he was given the job because I think he was the flavor of the month. He was a hot coach, right? He sure. went to, he went to Oregon. He was turning it. FSU was like, let's make a, let's make an offer for this guy. Yeah, they didn't they didn't give him job. time to cool down. He never had an off season until now, and now it seems like it'd be done. He's got to work his way back up to the mountaintop. Well, I uh, thought he ascended a little too fast myself. Listen, at some point, uh, the players he 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 had on the field weren't doing the job. Well, Florida State fans they made it very vocal online. That leads to my next question. I know Jake hasn't heard about this. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But Shoot. I, I shot it over to Doug on Sunday night. Now. I've made no qualms about the Jameis Winston situation in, in Tampa. I've been down on the guy the last two and a half years just for what I've seen on the field. I haven't seen any progression and too many picks. And I've been just bombarded, bombarded, bombarded with, you don't know what you're talking about. He's the future. Shut, sit down and shut up. We'll tell you what to think and do. And I mean, at least five to ten times in the last two years, I've argued with this guy called Jameis one of one. So fast forward to after the Seattle game on Sunday, which was a hell of a game, and Winston didn't lose the game. Was, sure, he had a pick, a fumble, but his arm was tipped. He played his ass off. He played as well as he can play. He was great. The defense was atrocious. atrocious. Not the they, line. That's why they lost. Not the line. The line is third in the NFL against the run, so they're not running the it ball does, at all. It doesn't make a difference. I Oz. don't care. I'm, I'm Oz, looking for small improvements. Oz, it, Oz listen to me. The, teams aren't. Look at the attempts against. Teams aren't running against them of because course they not. can beat them through the air. Okay. All right. I'm trying I to mean, find uh, small freaking victories I mean, here. The, the defensive backfield. Let me get to my point, no please. Victories. You gotta, you gotta speak. We're gonna have to cut it. We're gonna have to cut you back and. <laughs> and maybe out in the hallway. Can I get to the fucking point? Get to the point. I'm listening. So I'm online. I'm Nobody ex- else is. I go I to, so, oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. Wow. I'm kidding. Wow. Our top yeah. listener called in. And he's got complaints. I go online to Twitter just to see what the outcalling and the outcry is. And it's, of course, get rid of him, get rid of him, keep him, sign him. Now it's, well, you got the future. Just sign him and worry about everything else. One game? Yeah, one game. So... <laughs> I, I find this thing about Jameis 101, and I t- t- click and click. Oh, it goes yeah. out to this podcast in Longbo- Long Beach, California, with two stoners who would know more about what they know about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You could shove up their ass and have room for the Chinese Army. Interesting. Yet, wow, the guy been who I can't believe I missed this one. He's been calling him Jamarcus Winston, which is just brilliant. I mean, how I missed that? I, I, how did you miss that? How did I miss that? So anyways, he, was, he, he tells the story how he t- was tweeting about Winston and his ineptness and the Buccaneers need to move on. And he was lambasted by a guy named Jameis One of One who wrote a 
450-page book called The Winston Derangement System, available on Amazon. Stop it. Okay. Who writes a book like that? Exactly. The story gets deeper, my friend. Can we get to the so, point here, Oz? if you would shut your big mass hole mouth, I could maybe get there. So, he says, I'm going to look this guy up and see who he follows. He follows a lot of people, and he just so happens to follow this dork's co-host, a no-name podcast out in California. So he says, that's kind of weird. The guy, oh, I, there's stipulations. He won't tweet during the game or after the game within five hours because he likes to watch the game. Um, they asked him to come on the show and defend himself. He goes, I don't do phone interviews. He goes, well, we're not going to have anybody on who just won't put his name to a face. So he scans, uh, uh, searches a Google search for this guy, does, finds a radio interview with him, and it's the exact same voice, same inflections, same word, of Jason Light, the GM of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He has a fake Twitter account called Jameis One of One. Look it up. It's all over. Is this I, not a conspiracy? We I, I, tell, I told Doug, if this was a winning team, if this was the Patriots, Giants, anybody, it would be a huge story. Since the Buccaneers, the Sixers owner did this a couple years ago. He had a fake Twitter to defend all his bonehead moves. I'm telling you, Jake, I'll give you the link. You listen and you tell me it's not the same guy. So then they had him on the interview. Uh, can you confirm if uh, have you ever... Uh, coach, of the, if you ever have any associated with Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, I can't answer that question. Uh, do you live in Tampa, Florida? <laughs> I can't answer that question. The, the voice is the same guy. If it, he kind of made it sound like it was funny, Doug. You listen to the. What do you make of well, it? Well, I, I make of it that. Uh, you think it's him? I'm sure it's him because his future is tied to Winston's. It has been. It's like Arians, him, and. Uh, and uh, Light are all tied together here. They're moving like a, one organism. You know what I mean? Arians didn't come here unless Light was going to be a long-term deal. They came well, here because Winston was here. They're all tied. So if Winston craps the bed, uh, I, I would think Light would be out the door too. But Light is tied to, to Arians, so the whole shit show goes up in smoke. I mean, it, it's. I'm surprised it's not well, a huge story. Uh, uh, that is... It's Unbelievable! Crazy because people it's are crazy. shaking their heads and saying, "Bucks, that's the Bucks." Is yeah. that what it's come? We we basically are. Come we are the Bengals South. We're the. I, I thought it was fitting that they said Andy Dalton's available and we could do an even swap out because we would get a redheaded Winston. I don't think the the NFL knows that there's a team down here in Tampa Bay. Up in New York, the well, league uh, offices. For for the record, they here. they butted heads strong with the with the uh, Seahawks in Seattle. You got yeah. where credit where credits due. They took them to overtime. Hey. Could have a chance to win that game. Twenty one. 21-7, I'll tell you this, Jake. At no point in that game was I confident they're going to win well, the game. You got Russell Wilson. Anytime you had Corbin, Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, people like that, but Brady, Rodgers, you're never out that. of it. Teddy did you feel, puts five did you fellas hear this one, though? Uh, Sean Bunting, the, the uh, corner that they drafted, somehow Ooh, made the team, he has a great cake. said to one of the, the uh, Seahawks post-game, he goes, wow, I wish we had a quarterback like that. It went straight into the locker room of the Seahawks. They've shot it off to the reporters. They wanted to know who said it. It was pinned to him. Boy, that must have been an uncomfortable practice Monday morning when you're popping off. A rookie's popping off against a quarterback. We wish we had a decent quarterback. Listen, i got to go write a column. Please. It'll be on the paper tomorrow, Herald Tribune. Is that ahole.net? Doug.Fernandes at heraldtribune.com. My Twitter account is dfern, or my last name is Fernandes. It'll be a prep column. All you're going to know about the Bucks is, and I put this in the paper, the last two years, they've taken six defensive backs, the fourth round or higher. Six in the last two drafts, and they're 30th in the league in pass defense. They're allowing almost 300 yards a game passing. Well, I would think... What is the problem? I, I, first of all, I would think, and I think I've, I've mentioned this to Ozzy before, 
cornerback is the toughest position now in the NFL, bar none, because of the you know the defense the is at a disadvantage. Yeah. And you ju- of all the positions, to me, I think the hardest to judge and the hardest thing is man for man. And coming out of college to the pros is a whole other story. But and six I think defensive backs in two years. You hope the one Patriots of them sticks. The haven't taken that many in ten years. It's, I mean, it, it took Malcolm Butler, it took him as a free agent and made him a, a millionaire. I mean, it's like the coaching down here must be not good. Well, look what the right? Jets did a couple of years ago, picking up Tremaine Johnson from uh, Houston, gave him a $72 million, 36 years, uh, $36 million guaranteed. He's been a bust. He'll never play again. Wait a minute. Todd, so co- Todd Bowles came down here with a reputation Correct. of being a defensive Bill Cower. That's right. I mean, now he's getting now he's getting ripped. Well, he had he was not look. He did a very good job under Arians as defense corner for Arizona. We know that. Who cares? Now, the Jet, Jets ended up hiring him. He did nothing. He's he's a really nice guy, but he's so emo- I, I want to see a little bit Charlie of emotion. Brown. You know, he didn't do it. Look, he didn't do a good job. It's hard to make that jump from defensive coordinator. I heard he's offense, a dick. You know, from a coordinator to, to a head coach. Some guys can dick. do it. Some can't. He's now under familiar grounds with Arians there. Give him a little hey, bit of time. Uh, with, can, I, can I ask you this? No. He will anyway. He said that this team was ready ready to win this year. Arians said we can. Yeah. He, he knew in July who was 53 players. How about this? How about this? He said about the defensive uh, secondary. He said that problem's been fixed. Oh. The f- second week on the job. I thought he said a lot of odd things. He goes, I guarantee oh. Rojo's a thousand-yard rusher. I guarantee Winston's my quarterback moving forward. I promise we'll be competitive. And, and I promise not to use O.J. Howard in my and, offense I thought, at all. Here was a very, very, very this. odd, odd statement that, that Arians made Thursday of last week. And kind of had his head hung low. This guy's been rah, rah, rah. We're, we're, we're getting better, getting better, getting better. It's all a plan. It's all a system. He says, well, you know, co- games like Sunday is what get coaches fired. He goes, and, and I'm not off that list either. He goes, hell, maybe I might want to go back to sitting on the couch. Half the reason I took his job is because my wife loves the weather in Florida. What the hell is that to say? Yeah, that's, that's not a very strong statement from him. No, no. that's like he wouldn't mind. If this gets too tough, he might just back away himself. He might, and then you drop uh, a bomb on the whole goddamn thing. And I'll tell you what, though. Instead of firing a head, head coach and bringing in his staff, the next time they fire somebody, I want president, GM, the whole uh, development, play all the scouting. you got to clean entire house. Oz, Oz, they have to get rid of the person who puts the ink in the coffee machine. That's what I'm okay. telling you. That It's got to be a complete it, 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 douche this, of the system. This has to be at an organic level. Because I'm this goes back to Rara, Ra, Ra, the Shiano, Lovey, uh, Jake, Dominic. It, I mean, yeah, it, this is not uh, long enough. 07, their last playoff berth. The NFL begs different teams to get in the playoffs this year, every year, so and they very, can't do it. it it's unbelievable. And well, as a Buccaneer fan, it's very discouraging because you know what to expect. At no point in that game, they were up 21-7. And I knew I, they're so unpredictable that they would come out no, and I, compete. I, I get that. I thought, that. let's get – and I was uh, – come on, maybe let's, let's get up another score. Let's get up another score. That second half, put it this way. When they went to overtime, I went outside. I was talking to my buddy on the porch. And the, the, when the Seahawks had the ball, I said, the game's over. The game is over, and, and it was over. They never should have got the overtime if that kicker makes an extra point. Well, don't worry. He's on his way to New England next week after Nick Folk misses five oh, no. this week. Nick Folk made two 20-yard kicks. They're ready to put him in the Patriots Hall of Fame. Yeah. Okay? We got plenty of old uh, Buccaneer kickers if you need them. Uh, They're staying right. at the Red Roof Inn on Dale Mabry. Uh, all right, Doug Fernandez. Shame to see you go. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to attach that microphone to a long four-foot stick. You're going to have the Gene Rayburn stick. I'm going to put it down my pants and give myself a small bulge. All right, Doug Fernandez. <laughs> you can write. <laughs> you got to call you later, bro. Later. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Uh, uh, this was fun. It is fun. 
This was yeah. the funnest 15 minutes of radio I've done in there two years. There you go. All right. No holds barred, Ozzy and Jake. We were joined by uh, Doug Fernandes. He's never short on opinion. And, and please read Doug Fernandes in the Herald Tribune. I've been a columnist since 1999. 1999, he says. It's got, gotten down to where he handwrites each column and delivers them by person. Because the, what's the circulation now? Seven? The circulation is the number of fans I have, which is five. Hey, we get the uh, Herald hey, Tribune man. delivered every single day. I've, I was a 28-year home subscriber. So I, and I love the paper. The irony is, I read Fernandez columns for 15 years before I ever met him. I thought, this guy is such a dick. <laughs> hands to God. And then the night I meet him, I go, hey, I'm a big fan of yours. He goes, where are you on? I go, I'm on in Chicago every night. He goes, this ain't Chicago, buddy. Did I say that? Yes. <laughs> that, your thoughts will confirm that we had a conversation. What an asshole. But we both had one thing in common. We were the first one at, at Patrick's after the show, and the last one's to leave. So. I, I want to ask this before I go. Being Jake being from New York, he should have a little bit of assholes in him, and he doesn't have one bit. Oh, I well, see I it come out. I appreciate that. I've what? Seen, I've seen you can get a little fiery. Well, of course I can get fiery. That doesn't mean I'm an asshole. No, I said fiery, not asshole. Okay. I don't know if you go to Tijuana, you get a fiery asshole. Uh, you can go next door to the Mexican restaurant. Bad. I know. I gotta go check that place out. I still haven't been there. You speak English, they won't let you in. They have a their ice cream uh, there is unbelievable. All right, Doug, we'll nice see you nice now. See you, guys. See you well, there's parting gifts for you. You get rice aroni for a year, or some <laughs> shit out there. Say hi to to talk to Don, the stage manager. <laughs> for those who can't see, Ozzy is making like a. We've got Jack Hanna coming in in two minutes with a Jack North American a swallowtail. John Hanna. Okay. <laughs> ah, I'll call you in a bit. All right, that's Doug start. Fernandez, who needs no introduction. Well, yeah, he does. Oh, my God. Is he a, give me a coldie, Joe Bucks fan. He's a handful, isn't he? Look, he's a uh, he's iconic on the Herald Tribune since I, I got here in '94. He says he's been there since '99. It seems a lot longer than that, but he is a '99. I remember reading him in the yeah, '80s. I don't I don't get it, but uh, he is a wonderful columnist. I think he, he really said '89 because I I have a paper that is the bear. I'm sorry, it is what was it? It was the bear. '91, '89. You started not '99, right, Doug? Yeah, I came back in for my son. I I saved the Bulls' first uh, championship newspaper. It says. Bulls out Lakers for the first title. What are you looking for? Your keys. My sunglasses. Oh. I'll find them. I said, Continue. we got you a pair. You can pick up the uh, at Ross's Jewelries. You get a coupon and a free watch no, for being on today. I'll get you an electric collar. All right, and so it, 1989. 90, 91. So 30 years. I'm looking through my old paper collection of championships and what have you, which is pretty thin. And I see very low in the column, expansion talks moved to, Tam- to Tampa, Tampa State Pete. And a young buck upbeat reporter, Doug Fernandez, had a nice article how the Tampa Bay group is very unsettled because they can't determine who's going to cough up the three and a half million to pay for the new franchise fee. Three and a half million. That was to be one of the finalists he had to cough it up. And I thought it, I thought it was kind of funny. And then through the years, he kind of grew to the side. Then he was on the side. And I love how he uses his picture from 25 years ago still for the bio shot. <laughs> Did you find him? Somebody's glasses. Oh, put those on. Those are mine. Everything will look a lot better. Are these yours? Yeah, but it'll make you half an hour late. <laughs> oh, my God. These are my glasses. Yeah. Oh, what God the... only knows what else is on the floor in this studio. Oh, I love these glasses. I can't believe you found them. I found a couple of used condoms, too. Oh, all right. This, show, this is all going to be edited out. No, you're not, you're not going to. You're going to be too impatient to edit it out. This all is right, all going to. Well, well, let's just stick with the program as Doug tears the studio apart. Uh, Bucks get a loss. I, I, who didn't have that pencil in as a loss, Jake? But you sure as hell must have had 
a Miami Jets game penciled in as a very possible win. Yeah, well, possible, but I told everybody at Publix that would come in and talk to me about the gang. Look, Miami's coming back with a victory. I mean, at, at their own stadium. They're, they're coming away with their first one of the season. The Jets... How did Darnold look? Because, I didn't see a lot of the game. Uh, look, they have no offensive line. You cannot play quarterback in the NFL unless you're a guy like Lamar Jackson or, and that can just, or Kyrie Murray who can just run around like you know craziness. Um, but guys who, who can, even an Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady, if you don't have an offensive line, you're in big, big trouble. And the Jets don't have it. they got a I lot go, of fixing up to do. The Ravens exposed... Well, yeah, it's a first, it was the first. Ga- it was the first game for the Patriots. Is Doug in the background there? Because he he won't leave. What do you find? Look for your glasses. Sunglasses. Lamar, Prescription. But Lamar Jackson a is a phenomenal quarterback, and he can change the complex of the game, just I, like Russell Wilson. To can. be honest, I said I think the Patriots should lose one in the regular season. You don't want to have that non-version loss. Late in the season, because you'd rather have it now than later. But I'm I'm refusing to talk about the Jets today. And All right, I, didn't, made, I just you know? wanted a reaction. I, I mean, I'm right in the same boat with you, man. As a, as a football fan, Jake, I wait for my game's team, my team's game to be over, and then I enjoy football. Well, it's, yeah, it's a, it, you're it's, watching it from a different perspective. It's not pleasurable. It's not pleasurable. Well, it to get is, your but it isn't. Teeth kicked in. It's frustrating. But look, give if you're talking about rating the Buccaneers to the Jets right now. Again, injuries and offensive line, you know, the Buccaneers are a much better team than the New York Jets. And, hey, and, and sure. Bowles is, I'm sure, happy to get out of there now with all the heat he was getting from the fans and the press. Uh-huh. But, what uh, you know, Buccaneers have been pretty much competitive for most of the season, even though they only have two wins. They should have won against Seattle. Russell yeah, Williams is a stud. And they, Seattle's defense isn't what it once was. A, Jameis, Mike Evans, Godwin, they, all, they ate up. The Seattle defense, and when when you said, I didn't think uh, when they were up 21-7 the game was over because it's Seattle, it's Pete Carroll, and it's Russell Wilson. Things are going to happen, but they didn't lose their composure. At least uh, Jameis didn't, and no, he, he, didn't. Put, he kept putting points on the sco- scoreboard to keep up with them. Yes, he had a you know unfortunate play, which happens with Jameis, where he yeah. loses the ball. I'll uh, take one fumble a game as opposed to three picks, and his, his arm was tipped. And my only my only drawback with with Jameis in that ball game is. I'd like to see him hit receivers more in stride. And he seems that guys are diving and falling, and, and they don't get any yards after the catch. But maybe I'm being a little well. In this game, critiquing I, I, a little I, hard. I, I thought he laid some beautiful balls in I there. I thought he threw some per, per, nice passes as well. And give the uh, give the receivers credit because a lot of it is about separation. And they, and Mike Evans. Is, two things I took out of that game. Uh, two was two Rojo. games in a row, though. What a great game he's had. Rojo is now your starter, which he should have been all along. He he ran well all day. And Mike Evans, if anybody on that goddamn offense deserves $25 million, he did everything but drive the team bus. I mean, he caught everything inside. He goes headfirst into the bleachers on an overthrown pass. It could have been a touchdown. Then on the snap, on the fumble, he chased the guy down to the 20 and tackled. That's for right. Christ's sake. Yep. Mike Evans is a five-card stud who, if he played for any other team, would probably be the top wide receiver in oh, football. Oh, and there's, you know, well, you, you look at Julio Jones, uh, you know, guys right like up there. They're it's all, amazing to me that Doug, Doug's back in. That, Where did he come from? I'm sorry, but on a team that doesn't have a lot of Godwin, yes, a lot of go-to targets, certainly like a tight end. Blink again. Teams are knowing that they're going to go they go to him and he's still getting his catches. Well, the fact that O.J. Howard was, on, as far as we know, is on the trading block, and look, this was a guy who had all the tools coming out of Alabama. He still does. But then they, he's healthy they, this Sunday. But he'll, he'll, he'll play this Sunday. Not, he'll use a tight end. In but the fact is, Brady, Brady is a very good 
tight end, and if you could, you could have got a, a you know really good draft pick at, for a Howard, I I, I would have done it. it if I would have oh now, but now, but yeah. if I could have got a top round like a top ten, I would have done it. But then again, how, how ridiculous yeah. are we? We're talking about we just got rid of Deshaun Jackson and OJ Howard. What would those two do in New England? I think they'd be pretty productive. Oh, any sure. other team in football. Oh, I know. How about the Rams? How about any other team of the quarterback that can get the ball? Because I read the Patriots stuff. They made uh, a move for O.J. Howard. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, happened. I'm surprised because you know how, you, you, was, you know how much Brady trade. loves to use his tight end. Oh, yeah. I, I think all that trade talk was exactly. It was out of New England. Minute, I, it I, wasn't out of Tampa. And I heard before the season, oh, they have a couple of great tight ends. Any great team has one dominant tight end, not two tight ends. For a written transcription of today's show, send 995 to Ozzie and Jake, P.O. Box 7876. Is there anything more annoying than the guy who comes in and doesn't have a microphone? Yeah, you know, I I remember when we doing the Scott and Jake show, we had a couple of guests who would come in, and they didn't understand. I know. It's I just... gave them headphones. They didn't understand the concept of the mic, even though they're hearing it through the headphones. <laughs> Can you hear that you can't be heard? I mean, it's just The show isn't here. The sh- if you don't have this, you're not in the show. It's just... <laughs> it's no holds barred. Ozzie and Jake, we were joined for the first, I don't know, in and out for 25 minutes by... Doug Fernandez, the, I love the guy. great sports columnist of the Sarasota Herald. Like yourself, I looked up you for a long time, and now we're, you're not only you've been a, a friend, a mentor, but now more of a friend, and Doug is the same. But let's face it, the Patriots in particular, he's been riding quite a crest. What goes up has to come down. Absol- he well, is setting himself up for the next 20 years. I'm not going to say they're going to go to 20-year skid. But you can't, yeah, I said, appreciate every win, buddy, well, sir, because you got a, like a long stretch coming your way. Yeah, it, look, most teams, when they lose a Hall of Famer-type quarterback, a stud-type quarterback, it takes years to find exactly. another one. The one thing, uh, you look at the Green Bay Packers, to go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if it's a stroke of luck or whatever, because Brett Favre is a Hall of Famer. Uh, and I would say even though Aaron Rodgers, of course, won a Super Bowl, as did Brett Favre. And you look at the years, I think Aaron Rodgers is probably a better quarterback than Brett Favre. But the idea that you got went from one Hall of Famer to another one is almost impossible. I'm trying to think of other teams that have done that. There are a few. Montana's a young. Yeah. You know, John, John Elway and Denver, they had to wait many years before they got Peyton Manning. Sure. And, of course, he wasn't a draft pick. He was at the tail end of his career and brought him a Super Bowl. But Montana, it, young, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, you're right. That's it. I mean, and, those, and that was, it'll never happen again. I don't think. It'll happen sometime, but you're talking about they're not going to have that. And you got to figure, Belichick's a couple more Super Bowl wins, and he's going to be about ready to hang it up. I didn't know this. His son's been calling plays on defense for the last two years. Yeah, I didn't know that either. But it, as we have seen with Belichick disciples, they have gone on and not made it as Squazoosh. head coaches. So, I mean, his, if his son has the DNA that his father has, then I would say eventually, because he's pretty young, I don't know how old he is, 35, 40 years old, his son, yeah. maybe. The fact is that if he does have those DNA and he understands the game like his father, then, yeah, eventually he's going to get a job and then he'll be a great coach. But to find what we have seen for 20 years between Belichick and Brady, I can promise you that, that will never happen again. In any sport. You in will it, never have another sport where there are an 18-year gap where you still have the same superstar and the same head coach. Hockey. Never. I mean, hockey. My God, they, they changed the, the whole roster, let alone the coach, twice a year. So, I mean, you'll never see that in any other sport. So that's why of all the boss, the Red Sox, Loathe, I loathe them. The Bruins, I wish they would be disbarred from the NHL. The Celtics, <laughs> I don't give a crap about anymore, but I like Larry Bird. Um, yeah. But uh, the, the Patriots, you have to step back and tip your hat. 
Because a- I mean, it's Super Bowl Sunday, you want a good game, and by God, Brady gives you one every damn Look, time. Look, pa- Patriots and Belichick, of course, who devises the game plan, but. To me, even though New England only has one loss and it happened against Lamar Jackson, and I knew there was going to be problems because Patriots have had a soft schedule with the teams, especially on the offensive side. So their defense has been looked better by the points they have given up over the season. They were heading for records. But their defense is even compared to the Bears of, of 85 or the Giants of 86 or the or even, of course, the great Buccaneers teams of the yeah. 2000s. I mean, look at the division Early. they play in. I mean, no offense, they play the no, Jets no, no, and the freaking uh, that's what I'm Dolphins saying. Dolphins twice a year. I mean, those are four gimmies. Now, of course, if Baltimore plays the Patriots in the playoffs, different I'm sure, Be- I don't know if it will be totally different, that Be- that Patriots will win, but the defensive play will, pl- I mean, give Belichick uh, another week against another team, he'll devise a game plan that will slow him down. And boy, I was wrong. And this is a testament to Harbaugh and company in Baltimore. The way, the, the way they've changed their offense for that Lamar Jackson, I mean, it's basically a college. They're running well, the option. I mean, they're doing shit I've never seen in the NFL. Well, great coaches have to adapt. And when, it, you know, you're talking about a quarterback that is your center, uh, the centerpiece of your team. Now, we have seen, you say, can say Be- Belichick has had Brady. But you know what? They had successes. What's his name? Who got uh, went to another team? And uh, the kid who went to Castle, who went to Kansas Castle, City. Castle, Matt Castle. Garoppolo. Garoppolo goes to San Francisco. Sure. Now, if you're looking at the Patriots, they did the right thing for Garoppolo. They can make, you know, they're keeping Brady, so give Garoppolo a chance. Look what he's done with San Francisco. This is probably the best story of the whole year. And also looking at Harbor over at Baltimore, what he has done with this team. They are a legitimate team just because of Lamar Jackson. Now, they don't have the great defense that they had when they won the Super Bowl, but they right. are certainly capable of putting on a performance as well. It's funny you mentioned that. I was with my buddy Jerry Coleman, who covers the Ravens for Fox Radio in, in Baltimore. Just before I came here, I was watching the press conference with Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson, and Jerry's a beauty. He's got the same spot every time as you can see uh, when anyone's being interviewed. When he looks to his direct direct right, there's Jerry, and Jerry doesn't pull any punches. He he goes right for the throat, and he goes right for the uh, the hard hitting questions. And I, I, I you got to tip your hat to Harbaugh for I mentioned J- Jackson, who I didn't think was going to pan out in the NFL. I was dead wrong. How about last year? All the talk was. At Harbaugh's out in uh, Baltimore. They're going to go ahead and change. Uh, no, they didn't. And sometimes firing the coach isn't the answer. Leave a coach who's won alone, Fabulous. and they're fine. Fabulous coach. I call it the Lasorda theory. The Dodgers, 30 years of Lasorda. They were great. They were bad. They were great. Bill Cower, same thing in Pittsburgh. 20 years or whatever he ran, 15 years. They had some down years, but they came right back up and got Super Bowl. Well, that's the one thing about Pittsburgh is they have been very consistent in their coaches. Whoever's there is there for a while. They give them a chance. They don't panic. Right. And that you know what? you got to give the general manager credit, whoever hires these guys, because that's, it starts from the top. And then you bring it down. In the case of Belichick, that's a whole other story because he's kind of everything in one. And you don't get that anymore in the NFL. But Jim Harbaugh uh, is certainly – is it Jim or John? I can never get it's that right. John. I was getting confused, John too. Harbaugh is certainly a top-five coach in the NFL, in my opinion. He is consistent. And give Baltimore credit. They never panic. They, they had a down year. They get Lamar Jackson. He builds the team around him. And they are now one of the most uh, competitive teams in the NFL. You, you bring up a great point, Jake. As we sit here with our teams have, giving us nothing this year, it starts from the top down. So, obviously, your, your owners, all they can do is hire what they think are the best football people. Right. Are they continually hiring bad football people? What's the answer? I'm, I'm trying, in a serious, what is the answer? Because the get rid of the owner claim, I'm not buying. 
I'm not buying that at all. The Glazers are not stupid people. They're billionaires. Well, if a general manager has enough talent to find good coaches, you would hope that he has enough talent to trust his scouts and then evaluate himself who the best draft pick is. And maybe that's the biggest problem with you. You know, general managers not only have to worry about drafts and trusting their scouts and salary. hiring and all that, but salary cap is such a, a huge part of it. You have to have a capologist, a guy who really understands the business. And uh, it's basically, it's like a five-tool player. you got to have a five-tier or five-tool general manager. Speaking of which, on a different sport, same topic. The Rays recently got raided. Chaim Bloom went to Boston. Yeah. Why aren't there... I was reading the new guy who was in charge in a, in a tent, in up there at St. Pete. He, you know how he got his job? He wrote a thesis on baseball and the, the science of baseball. Had no experience in baseball whatsoever. Sent it to every major league team. The race said, here, we're going to send you a ticket. Come out to Vegas. We're having a conference, and maybe we'll talk to you. And by God, now he's in charge. Why can't football? Is football such an old boy uh, network that you got to have a old rusty text in there? Why can't these young guys with brilliant minds like the Theo Epsteins and the Heim Bloom and the Friedman or, or whatever it is out in, uh, in uh, D- Dodgerland, how come football doesn't have those young, smart guys who know how to do it from both a financial and a talent? And a bargain level. You know what? I don't. I'm trying to think. I'm Does trying to come sense, up with though? an answer. Yeah, absolutely. Because if there's a good old boy network, it's alive and well in pro football. Well, My God, baseball is a lot about analytics now, and sure. we saw that with Billy Beam, what he did with Oakland, where he went. You know, and you saw the movie Billy Ball, whatever it was called, Great which flick. was, and it's a wonderful. It tells the story of how he came up with the concept of guys who took pitchers, didn't strike out, put the ball in play. And were consistent, uh, you know, worked out walks. And you know what? They never won a championship, but they were competitive every year. I don't know if you can apply that same analytics when it comes to football. It's just a different game. I guess you're not. You're right. You can't get a, uh, a little tweener utility football player yeah, and win championships. Yes. There's, I, no, there's no scratching out an infield single in the NFL. No. All right. So none that, of that. But. I hope I explained myself well. You did. And, okay. well, you brought some clarity to it. I'm just hoping. My, I guess the, the crux of my question was. How come every move my team makes is bad? Same as mine. And it's just, how do you fix it? You look at teams like the Bengals, those fans don't even care anymore because they know their their owners, they stuck with Marvin Lewis 28 years or something, and he did nothing. Every year that you thought Marvin was going, he was there. He, he just, finally left this year. Yeah, and probably under his own accord. He's like, all right, I've had, I thought you were going to fire me 10 years ago. I got to go. I'm getting sick of their surroundings. But here. think about it. Think, you know, they're at least competitive with Marvin. He gets to the playoffs. He loses to Pittsburgh, whoever, whatever it was. But they were relatively competitive. They, I mean, they don't have a win this year. They don't have a win. And, and uh, Dalton, I found out, they hate him as much as the... They, there's much controversy around Dalton as there are, is for number three up in Tampa. They're saying, how about the Bucks and Bengals swap quarterbacks? They said, it's kind of like choosing hepatitis over... Uh, Media. Well, you know, and I, I don't know. We talked last week about Tannehill taking over for Mariota. At least Tannehill had some experience with Gase, the Jet now coach with Miami. Was not a bad player. But, I, you know, if you're a Titan fan, you're thinking the same exact thing. What, as, as we said last week with, 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 with Jameis, what are, you know, at least they had a quality backup. Last year they had Fitzpatrick, uh, yeah. the Buccaneers. This year Tannehill has Mariota. Maybe you want to give Mariota a chance to sit back, relax, see it from the sidelines, I think both, and grow from that. But Jameis, they right. don't have anybody. I think both. They had Blaine Gabbert, so he got injured. Sign another guy. If you don't like this Griffin guy, why is he on the roster? If he's, if he's incompetent, 
if he's incapable of, of getting on the field, he sure is not in the pre, preseason, but he's basically a tackling dummy. He's a paid tackling dummy. Five years. I've never heard of any quarterback on a practice squad for five years, and he's never seen one snap in the NFL. It's a bizarre thing. But, uh, I, you can bet your bottom dollar if the Patriots had a true rookie quarterback back up Brady, they'd scour the waiver wire until they got somebody with some NFL experience. You better believe they no, would. No, I, I, I agree. But it, we, look, we're gonna, we talk about this almost every single week. They don't have anybody behind them. Do I expect them to give them $30 million? Absolutely not. I don't think anybody in the NFL would right. invest $30 million in Jameis Winston. But I promise you this. If Jameis is released or whatever... Uh, to another team, he's going to get a chance to play, and he's going to make some money. So the Buccaneers have to figure out what can we do to afford Jameis until we find someone else in two or three years to take over the reins. The, there's another interesting on Joe Bucks fan. Oh, by the way, you can check my Aussie podcast out on JoeBucksFan.com, where well, the, there's no punches pulled on that either. The 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 theory was this that uh, was a great article. It's okay. It's week eight. The season is officially half done, Jake. With half to go. It's time to either bench Winston or re-sign him. But again, who, who are you going to put in there? That's going to at least competitive. Jameis at least. If you're, if you're evaluating talent, talent for next year, saying that, well, Winston, we're not going to invest in him. So why waste our time with, looking at him the rest of the season? Let's see what this Ryan Griffin kid's got. So we can cut both of them. Uh, I, well, that being said, Arians came out yesterday, and he's true. We're not out of the race. They went three in a row. They're in the wild card race in a very soft NFC South. Well, they got look. It will be fun to we you know to watch Kyrie Mur- Murray of Arizona, who's been f- a lot of fun. They've been reasonably successful. I think they're three and four this year. Cardinals right. are competitive. It'll. I you're going to the game well, on let me Sunday. Tell you something, I buddy. think it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun game. I'm going with a little junkie. We haven't been to a game in over ten years together, and I'm so looking forward to it. And uh, oh, did I mention she's a huge Cardinal fan. So she will be head to toe. How'd she become a Cardinal fan? I've told you the story, but it bears repeating. I don't remember. Super Bowl, Cardinals-Pittsburgh in Tampa, 19-whatever, uh, 20-2000-whatever. The game where Santonio Holmes catches the pass in the end zone that wins the game after Fitzgerald goes 75 yards. You're thinking, holy shit, the Cardinals are going to win the Super Bowl. With less than a minute left, here comes Big Ben. He leads a drive that wins the game. Prior to that, we were up there for two days, up and down. You know, the Super Bowl is a big event. You get to do all the all the fun stuff for kids and adults. Yeah. And and uh, Laura says to me, Dad, everything was Steelers, 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 all the gear, all the memorabilia, everything. There was zero Cardinal stuff. I mean, only on Super Bowl stuff and the little tiny logo, like they were an afterthought. And I said, well, it is kind of bizarre, isn't it? We didn't see one Cardinal fan at the entire Super Bowl. So I... I I knew this beforehand. I did research on the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals have been around since 1926. They're one of the first eight franchises of the NFL, Jake. They didn't have their own home stadium until 2007. They played in Comiskey Park, wasn't their park. They played at Wrigley, wasn't their park. They moved to St. Louis, played at Bush Stadium, not their field. They moved to Arizona, played at the University of Arizona, not their field. It took 85 years before this team got their own goddamn stadium. So talk about a forgotten team. And she loves the helmet, as do I. Cool bird. That's she loves the red color. She loves Larry Fitzgerald. And every year I get her more Cardinal uh, stuff. So this is her first time seeing the Cardinals. And as you know, I will retire to Flagstaff, where we're going to become huge Cardinal fans. But the Car- look, Cardinals are fun to watch. Why? Because they have a fun quarterback. He's undersized, but he's quick as a whip. And he can throw the ball downfield. And he is... I. I 
you know, Kingsbury has done a really good job with Arizona this year. He wanted to get rid of Josh Rosen last year's number one pick. He did to Miami. He really wanted Murray. And you know what? I think it's going to pan out. I, he's not there yet. He's got a couple of years to go. But get he better will make, every week. I, the, it, you're going to have a fun game this Sunday. And Absolutely. the Buccaneers have their handful trying to devise. And we'll see what Bowles does on the defensive side to devise a game plan to slow him down. Should be about 78 degrees. I do not have tickets, but I don't care. There's going to be 30,000 oh, empty seats. Absolutely. We're going to have great seats for under 50 bucks a piece. We'll be sitting in the club level. Now, this could be Suck a, it down, Scotch. This could be a very high school, like last week with Seattle, because Seattle's defense has gone downhill over the last few years. And um, I expect this game to be another 30-30, somewhere in that range game. And it proves, Jake, that I don't know Jack Squazoosh. Well, I've about, been you know, telling you that for years. About t- evaluating talent when it comes to the NFL level. I saw that little guy at, Can- at uh, Oklahoma, and I said, he needs to stick to playing baseball because he looks like a pinch runner. I said, there's no way that little guy can play NFL football. Again, wrong. I was wrong about Jackson. I'm wrong about Murray. It is going to be fun to see him play on uh, Sunday at Ray J. And it, but here's the twist of it. If so happens, it's a learning curve Sunday for our boy number three. I think the natives, they've never really unleashed. It could get ugly at Tampa Stadium. Well, again, it all depends who comes out. They, they're two and five, is it? I believe so. Or two and six, That's two a, and five, whatever. I, I'm so disgusted. I don't even look at the record. Do they have a chance if they run the, you know, if they win They're the six? They're favored. They're favored by five and I'm, a just, I'm saying to make a wild card run because it is up for grabs. I don't think they have the capabilities of doing it. Are people going to come out? You know, the, the fans of Buccaneers are very fickle. If it wasn't for the blackout rule now taken out, they You're, would be blacked out almost, probably every week. You're right. You're right. But I think the hardcore, maybe 25,000, 30,000, if that, maybe let's call it 20,000, season ticket holders now, I think you're going to hear some ire and some angst and people had about enough. I think the gloves might come off on Sunday. I don't want to see that. I want to see a Buccaneer win, man. If Jameis does what he did against Seattle, the fans are going to be behind him. It's up to to the defense. If the defense can slow Murray down, again, if Bowles can devise a game plan to keep him in check, then I don't think there's any question the Buccaneers are more talented and will win the game. But if they don't devise a, a game plan and Murray's running around like a, a lunatic and throwing downfield, the Buccaneers are going to have a very difficult time keeping up with him. You know, as Mr. Sunshine, Doug Fernandes, pointed out, I, I'm not buying that the, the, the Buccaneers' defense is stopping the run because they're not running the ball. They haven't only allowed 100-yard rushing, I think, one time, and it was on a 59-yarder that, that Carson got away from him on Sunday. They don't run the ball. Nobody attempts it. Maybe it is because they know that they can't. Nobody can stop the pass. I, I think that's part of it. But, I don't know if you'll know the true defensive line ability to Bowles, stop the Jake, run. How does Bowles immediately impact the, the front three? And I love the three-four. I absolutely love it because you get tweeners. You get guys who aren't quite linebackers, aren't quite linemen, and they just bum rush. I can't believe that he can't figure out some kind of scheme to slow it down. At least it's. Uh, I mean, these are pros, aren't they? They're pro football players. Yeah. They were the best of the best in college. And they get to the NFL, they don't know what the hell's going on. And they give a guy a 10, any kind of 10-yard hook pattern, it's, there's not anybody even even the picture. Well, I think a lot has to do with the rule changes over the, over the X amount of years that it's been happening where it's getting harder and harder for defensive players to make you know, any contact with players. And it's the same thing with a quarterback hit. Now it's gotten to the point. Yes, I understand the helmet to helmet. Yeah, I understand when you come in hard on a quarterback and take two extra steps and hit him. But these little incidental contacts, the pushes and stuff like that, don't give me 15-yard penalty. Yeah, that's that, that, that saw some horrible pass uh, 
roughing the passer calls no, over the week and just asinine calls. It, 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 the whole thing has gotten out of hand. I, I don't, you know, unless it's a blatant hold by the offensive lineman, I don't give a crap if he's grabbing his shoulders or grabbing it, you know, his right. shirt a little bit. I don't care. Let them play. Literally. Stop it. Literally, you could call holding on every play. Every single play. You're absolutely right. If, and they're, if they're calling it in the secondary, all right, you can't just keep calling because I can't, as we've talked about in the past, I can't keep looking at the bottom right side of the uh, of the TV screen to see if that yellow flag comes up. And when it comes up 10 seconds after the play, I'm mad that it didn't come up automatically because I thought the play was good, and now i got to sit there and wait for the umpires to talk to each other before they decide what the penalty is. It's brutal, man, and it just kills the flow of the game. I don't like it. I only like it on critical calls like the Saints got screwed last year. That yeah, needed to be replaced. Absolutely. But Jesus, God... Every play now and then we got to stop and look at it for 45 minutes at 30 different angles. And generally, sometimes they don't even get it right after that. It's it, it, it's very – I love the game. I do, I too. have to watch it, but I want – I just – at the same time, I am so fed up with the whole product and the way the NFL – I guess, I yes, protect the players – from these uh, unconscionable hits that they're taking and have taken over the years, but stop! If somebody holds them, you know, if you're if you're a receiver and you're seven yards past the line of scrimmage and the guy takes a little bit of your shirt and tugs it and has nothing to do with the play on the other side of the field, let it go. And the players have, have adjusted accordingly. Every single play, they're doing the flag motion. Flag me, flag. I want every, a flag. They, I want a flag. I want a flag. Every receiver turns around after every single play and throws that. Uh, every I, sing, I, it's just it's too much. It's just like baseball. The phantom tag at second base. I mean, if you really want to slice and dice, uh, just like holding, every single turn, every single double play in the last century, maybe 70, 25% of them, they actually touch second base. You're it's right. called a phantom swipe. It's part of the goddamn game. Yep. And nine times out of ten, if an umpire, if the throw beats you, you're out at second base. Whether he touched you before your foot got there or not, a good throw beats you. Good game tonight, Jake. My buddy Pharrell earlier today put it. Check this. this is a promo from Al. Can we it, hear it? Yeah, it would be nice if we could hear it. Yeah. Well, repeat it. You do a good imitation of him. What does he say? Tonight's Chargers against the Oakland and the Dumpy uh, Coliseum. Uh, nothing works for me, Jake. That's all right. Stand by. Raiders at the dump in Oakland. Okay, there you <laughs> One go. One more time. You got it halfway through. Look, oh, it's the fact that... Raiders at the dump in Oakland. Give the Raider fans... dump in Oakland. Give the Raider fans at least a little bit of credit. They know the team is moving to Vegas. Yeah. You know? And that's heartbreaking. Not only they lose their Warriors, who are at the top of the heap now. They went to San Francisco. It's, you know the A's are far be, They're not behind them. They, they, I guess the Vegas deal is a little cooled off now, but they're moving somewhere because Oakland said don't even ask for a stadium because you're not building anything. You're not getting anything. You know, the Chargers had to deal with that a couple of years now. They're playing this little oh, – yeah, got to be honest with you, and I, I'll tell you, you know, your Chargers are playing in this MLS stadium that seats, I don't know, 25,000, 30,000. <laughs> no, which if you're a fan would be awesome, but it's, the NFL hates it. I'm telling you, yeah, you're right, Oz. It is so unbelievable to be able to be that close to an NFL game. I would love it. And the crowd – and I think, you know, when you look at Duke and um, – What's the uh, where they play uh, the basketball stadium? Uh, oh, the uh, what's it called? Field, the, the yeah. field house. Yeah, it, in Indiana. I mean, that seats six, what six or eight thousand. St. John's had that during their prime prime time. It's so much as a player. Yeah, it's smaller, but the fans are right on top of you. I would love to play the if I was like the Jets build this and. I know I haven't been to Dallas to see that hundred thousand or whatever the seating there. Jets build the stadium, the new uh, MetLife, which is a is a more contemporary version of the old MetLife Stadium. 
uh, whatever they called it, the Meadowlands, and I had season tickets there for many, many years. That set, uh, I think, seated 74, 76,000, and the new MetLife seats 86,000, but it's boring. Why? Because it's the same old stadium. Build a smaller stadium, you know, have the seats right on top of the field, then build up maybe luxury suites on top of that. Let the, uh, you know, the high-priced players who have their corporate sponsorships and all that have the, have these suites and have only 30 or 40,000 you know paying customers they'll make the money but god it will be so much fun as a fan to be in that kind of environment it would be. I, I would love to be at a charge again to see that stadium i would too before because it's the last year of it yeah i'd love and, it and just as much that the the la stadium if you've not seen a a, a video of what it's going to look like it's going to be phenomenal as is the vegas stadium this just coming in uh the lovely l squared sending me a buccaneer update Buccaneers rookie who's completely blind in one eye set to make his debut on Sunday. It's not forwarding the story, but check your local uh, online retailer to find out about that. I, I can't. I really can't believe that the, uh, the the story coming out about Light having a fake Twitter account defending all his bad moves. But you know something? All his moves haven't been bad, Jake. Vita Vey was his move. Vita Vey is an NFL player. He is a Jason Pierre Paul was his move. He he was a he's a great player. Shaq Barrett was a pickup out of nowhere. This guy's playing his ass off. Devin White, he's coming to life. Did you see him catch that guy who, who uh, broke away? He was behind the line and ran all the way downfield and gave him the claw hammer and jacked the ball loose. Okay, Hargraves is playing like shit earlier. He played great on Sunday. They, they didn't target him at all. Rojo Jones starting to play well. Marpet, the other, uh, the big guy on the line beside him with the long hair. They're getting some players who, have, who were Jason Light's guys are starting to come along. Vita Ve, I'm a believer in Vita Ve. Oh, I, yes, he, I, he doesn't look like a football player. Oh. He looks like a mad, mad a, Tasmanian devil, and he puts the quarterback hard. He is a monster, and he's a lot for a guy his size. And believe me when I tell you, this man is humongous. He's got some feet. He's got some feet. And he oh, does. by the way, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were also uh, Jason Light guys. So. I mean, for all the criticism he takes, he's got to well, put some good players see, see on the field, see man. How switch things around? It takes a little while to get there. Yeah. Mike Evans was good from day one, and so was Godwin. Godwin a little bit slower, but Vita Vey, I had him as a bust. Against again, what the hell do I know about talent? Rojo Jones, bust. I'm telling you, I was so tickled when I saw that he was starting the game, and then Arians came out and said this week, he's our starter moving forward. The guy runs the ball. That's how you find out you have a starter, Jake. Give him the ball all day and see what he does. And Rojo, he runs the ball. All right, buddy, this show is going long and long. All right, let me just say this. 51, point, 51 points over under in the uh, Cardinals-Bucks uh, game this Sunday. That's one of the things. You t- as I said, both teams should, if they are on par with each other, 30 points each go with the over. The over on the uh, Buccaneer card right. I couldn't agree more. And let me tell you something. It's going to be 78 degrees, up allegedly, on God, Sunday. A beautiful. week from now, 40s at night, 68 for a high. I'm going to come in here butt naked. All right. It's uh, no holds barred with Ozzy and Jake as we uh, discuss Buccaneers. We got we've gone fifty five minutes already. So let's wrap before we wrap it up. A couple of things: Bob Stoops to Florida State. We br- we briefly brought up the Taggart firing with Florida State with uh, Doug Fernandez, who was in earlier with a sports columnist from the Herald Tribune. I think that would be a fun move for the because he comes from a different conference, you know, and exactly. it's, you know, not a defensive unit, but a, definitely an offensive guy. But it would be interesting to see what he can do with Florida State. Plus, it's the splash name. It's the splash hire. And they need that after that. Those, those Florida State fans were hot. Especially the Gator loss was the tipping point. You got to go there. All right. Big game this weekend. Penn State at Minnesota. Penn oh. State now ranked number four. This is a big spot for Minnesota. I don't think they get it done against Penn State. And, of course, LSU and Alabama, two 
expected to play. Alabama favored by six. I like Alabama. I do too. Is it in Bama? It's in Bama. That is a war on the shore. Is that a 3.30 or is that yeah, an 8 o'clock? No, there's nothing on at night this Saturday. Do something else. There's no big games. I, I don't understand I why. I kind of like the 3 o'clock though, the see, 3.30. I want to see a good night game. Well, I think Utah plays Hawaii at 11.30 something kick. Like that. <laughs> and one other thing before we go, um, and we haven't really talked about the Lightning early in the season, but disappointing start, 6-5-2, and two, 14 yeah. points are not the same team they were last year. And it's a shame, and I'm telling you, uh, I, I, if he wasn't just signed to a contract, I don't know if Cooper would have made it. And if I'm if I'm owner of that team, the way they played all that season, go dead in the playoffs was unacceptable. I don't wish bad, but as we know, hockey. After the, I think the year the Lightning last went to the Cup, they had an 11 game losing streak before last, Christmas. Last year, if they didn't win the Stanley Cup, you said they should fire Cooper. They didn't happen this year. They if, will. If, if he doesn't do something this year, gone. He will be gone. You better believe it. And then you know what? He goes the Mike Keenan route of Tortorella. Every team. Maybe he won't grind people's nerves, but Tortorella is Mike Keenan 2.0. He goes to New York, burns his way out. Everywhere he goes, he pisses people off until he's coaching in Moose Jaw. And the big game of the week is set up. I said I wouldn't talk about the Jets at all, but as far as Super Bowls, this is the New York Giants and the New York Jets Super Bowl. Two and six against one and and six or one and five, whatever the Jets are. This is not going to be pretty. But you'll watch. Is that at 1 o'clock? I never miss again. I'm going to be up at the game on Sunday with my daughter. We're going to have so much fun. I don't even know. And I'll announce on Joe Buckstown. I'm going to have a little meet and greet in the parking lot, Jake. Come out meet Ozzy. Throw something at me. All my fans up there. Three of them. My mom. She doesn't even listen. Well, Jake, it's been a dynamite show, buddy. It's been fun, and we apologize for the, uh, we'll call it technical difficulties on the microphone with Doug Fernandes. Well, he's always the technical difficulty. Then he loses his glasses. I'm going to get him one of those clappers. But it's just simply amazing that a guy who has been on the air many, many times during his (laughs) career talks without a microphone in front of him. Has no clue what's going on. Well, this is the same guy who had my dog humping his leg for an entire quarter of football. (laughs) And I said, Doug, what is, did you spill jello or something on your leg? Get the dog away from you or go in the other room with him. Either way, it's really annoying me. And then I said, why does your owner wear the white shirt collar? He goes, what, what collar? I said, get the hell out of my house. Doug's a great guy, but not as great as you, Jake. Well, thank you, Oz. I love you too. Uh, This show's picking up steam, buddy. It's picking up steam by the second. The Spotify thing is exploding. I got a note from Spotify saying we're getting so many listeners. You may want to uh, talk to some advertisers that want to put them up. <laughs> no, they, they throw them in there, and then you get a cut of how many plays. Oh, that right, would before, be nice. Before Mick and the boys stop playing, for JJ Gibson, I'm Ozzy the Sports Junkie. Check out OzzyTheSportsJunkie.com. Listen to me on JoeBucksFan.com. And check us out next week right here on the No Holds Barred Podcast with Ozzy and Jake.